written in chalk, the echo of Arthur Stace, explores the legend of the man who became Mr Eternity and how that word ended up emblazoned across the Sydney Harbour Bridge at the turn of the millennium. This award-winning documentary is now available to watch in the free Vision app. Just tap the Watch tab and scroll to the Written in Chalk channel. If you don't have the Vision app on your phone or tablet, download it when you search Vision Christian Media in your app store or click the link at vision.org.au slash app. Vision Watch. Another way Vision is helping you look to God daily. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. We are going to touch on some of the elements that have come from what has been recurring and updated research that's come out of the UK and suggesting that parents who fail to discipline their children properly are risking the creation of a generation of angry children. You don't have to go far for anecdotal evidence from school teachers in the classroom and others in the broader community about changing behaviours. Now, the report says children are twice as likely to be aggressive and disruptive if they had parents who were violent, critical or inconsistent in what they allowed them to get away with at home. On the other hand, children tended to be better behaved if their parents combined warmth with clear and consistent rules and boundaries. Now, we might be interested in biblical insights that have shaped families for millennia. So our absolute privilege today to welcome Focus on the Family CEO Brett Ryan and Brett's white wife Kate, who is an extra special guest joining us today. Uh, to Brett and to Kate, welcome along to 2020. Well, it's a pleasure being with you. Yeah, it's great. Thanks. Well, let me uh, hit us with uh, the, 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 uh, the more general big question first, Brett and Kate. The first thing, it's not easy being a parent today. I wonder if you've got, let's go with Kate first. Kate, what are your impressions? Not easy being a parent today, is it? Oh, look, <laughs> not even just today, forever. <laughs> From the beginning of time, uh, being a parent is probably the toughest gig, yet the greatest privilege. Uh, so it, it, it does beg when you uh, read articles like that and see the research, it, it really just brings out what we all know <laughs> uh, because it is a struggle. And having been a teacher for 24 years, I've seen it in the classroom and in the schools and the way kids relate. Brett, talking about being a parent, not being easy today, this is bread and butter for Focus on the Family and for decades. Focus uh, out of the US and here in Australia and around the world, uh, parents are just drinking in any sort of wisdom they can get because they know it's not easy being a parent. Well, you'd like to think that people are drinking it in, but we're finding, unfortunately, many people are just assuming, oh, I'm a parent. It'll just become natural. And it's not natural. It's actually have to take a lot of work. Just like in your professional world, you need to have professional development days and your advance in skills. I think you still need to have those advancing skills as being a parent because the world is changing so dramatically. Technology, the advancement of uh, communication and very 
various social media platforms. And then our kids are exposed to so much uh, at a very early age. So it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when our kids are going to be exposed to um, sexual content, um, things that are inappropriate and very confusing, especially when we're talking about sexual fluidity and diversity. We need to actually make sure that as parents, we are well informed to take on this role and responsibilities as parent. Because God has given us this incredible privilege and honor. He saw fit that you, uh, as mum and dad, are the best to bring up your children. And we have to take that role and responsibility. As Kate was saying, it is an incredible privilege, and we have to take that very seriously. Brett, let's just focus in perhaps and maybe narrow our conversation to the idea that we're going to talk about parenting over this next hour. But when we talk about angry children or an angry generation, parenting might only be one of the reasons why. Uh, There might be some anger that grows in a generation. Uh, What are your thoughts for the fact that there are all sorts of factors here? It's not just a specific focus on parents, because I don't think any of us want to be thinking that we're going to be beating up on parents today. Uh, What are your thoughts for all of the the broader uh, influences that, that impact the way a generation might behave? Yeah, it's a great question, and it's very broad, and, and we haven't got a lot of time to unpack it all because we want to hear from the your listeners and, and to engage with them and be able to help and navigate some of the complex issues that they're facing. But while we're also seeing um, that parents have abdicated their responsibilities a lot, they've actually said, hey, I send my kids to a school or I send my kids to daycare or I expect somebody else to take on that responsibility. So... That abdication and taking on the responsibility has been, um, you know, lessened over the time. And we've also seen the that kids are feeling more and more entitled to having the latest and greatest. And sometimes parents, out of guilt and out of, um, you know, wanting to do right by their children, give them so much. And they are actually doing their kids a disservice at times by allowing them to have everything at, you know, a question and they say, hey, I want this. Oh, here it is to keep them happy. And our kids are consuming so much on technology that they can feel continually dissatisfied with their life because they're seeing other people living a life that seems to be so good and their life is not as good. And they can feel incredibly dissatisfied. And that pressure constantly can either result in depression or uh, in anxiety, but it also can come out in anger, as you just pointed out. Let me ask Kate uh, something here. We used to blame absent fathers in Australia uh, for some of the issues around the way children are being raised, and we'd uh, and we'd you know put a bit of pressure on dads to be better fathers. Uh, There's a certain sense here, and as I reflect on what Brett is sharing, uh, the idea that, you know, there's a sort of absence in parenting or abdicating responsibility that's not just coming from dads, but perhaps mums as well. Uh, What are your thoughts here, Kate? Uh, Look, that's very true. Uh, And and in fact, when the society has changed quite a bit when a lot of mums were staying home, Uh, but now a lot of mums are working And so, look, I spoke to a group of mums who had their children in daycare and they were really struggling with not having the relationship with their children. And, you know, the society is saying, really, you can have it all, uh, but you can't have it all. What tends to happen is you spread yourself so thin that you actually don't do anything well. And so our, our children tend to be kind of the last resort. Now, look... 
I'm not saying that mothers shouldn't go out and work. I am not saying that. Uh, and there are circumstances where mothers have to work. But if it's based solely on wanting to live a certain lifestyle, then that actually says, look, I'm putting my lifestyle ahead of my children. And so we, we do need to kind of balance that up and say you can't have it all because a lot of discipline, a lot of raising children has to do with the amount of time you're spending with them because you need to get to know your children. Brett, we sometimes think we know all about parenting and until someone sheds a little extra light on that and go, well, oh, that sounds like wisdom, I should adopt that. Uh, there's a certain <laughs> sense in, uh, you know, everybody's an expert until you re- meet someone who really is. And I guess there is a certain sense here in which you, to find that right balance, to be the person who is a parent who's got the balance between not being too authoritarian, not being too permissive, uh, not being absent. Uh, somehow or other, you've got to have some context. And I, I guess you've got to talk about what's bad parenting before you can actually introduce what's good parenting. I wonder if you've got some thoughts here on different styles of parenting and the sorts of outcomes that that produces in our kids. Well, you actually summarize it really well there, Neil, that, you know, that authoritarian, that's the too harsh and very disciplinarian orientated, do as I say, no questions asked. And then you can have the, on the flip side, you can have these, oh, it'll, it'll be okay. They can do whatever they like. I just want to make them happy. And it's just sort of cruising along. And then you can actually have a parent that is just not present at all. They may be physically present, but they're not relationally and emotionally present. And they can be so busy. And we actually see that, unfortunately, during the COVID-19, mums and dads working from home and then the kids are remote learning and then so they're all physically present with one another but they're not relationally or communicating together. And then you have the different types of um, parenting styles. You may have heard of these ones in the past, helicopter parenting, uh, where you hover down. A modern way would be drone parenting. That's just the new common <laughs> word to use, <laughs> that you, you, you're swooping in and you're protecting your children from harm's way. And there's another one called uh, lawnmower parenting. And that's when you um, the image of a lawnmower cutting the grass and making everything smooth, taking out the bumps, taking out the hiccups that your children may face. And you're actually doing your kid a disservice if you're actually protecting them from the bumps that the world and society will have. We can't keep them in a bubble wrap. We can't protect them from everything. We need to continue to instruct them and train them up in the things of God to... uh, to let God uh, be the center of their uh, the way that they think of themselves, not worrying about what other people think about themselves, what they say about them. And we as parents have this incredible privilege. And I actually think it's this, there's a word called authoritative. And that's the, the balance between being firm, fair, and fun. And fun, I always will actually interpret that as being having a relationship and building that trust. And if we can get that balance right, your kids will know what the boundaries are. Your kids will know that you can have fun and you're actually reasonable in your discipline. You don't overreact. You respond accordingly and appropriately. And if we get that balance right, we can build a great, healthy relationship with our kids, not only now, but in the future. So not only will they want to uh, you know, acknowledge you as a parent, but they want you to be their friend later on in life. But if you've got to get that, that balance right.
Kate, I'm going to save some of the toughest questions for you through this hour. Good. Keep it coming Good. to her. That's it. She's much more intelligent than I am. <laughs> okay, so if you broadly say you've got the extremes on the parenting style, uh, let's set aside the idea of helicopter drone parents for a few moments. Come back to this idea of authoritarian, because sometimes in Christian circles, uh, you know, spare the rod and spoil the child has been yeah. an excuse for being a very authoritarian parent and then you've got the other extreme which is as Brett is describing the permit the permissive parent uh, you know oh it'll be okay anything goes here I have heard (laughs) I have heard over the years that if you're going to be errant on one of those extremes it's much better to be in error to be more permissive than it is to be authoritarian What are your thoughts if you're trying to find that balance between how you're coming across as a parent in your parenting style? You know, that's where it gets tricky because they think, oh, if we're more a friend um, to our child, you know, then it's going to be happy and fun and, and all of those things. But what it does, a permissive parent actually creates anxiety in a child because the child really doesn't know what the boundaries are or even what consequences are. So a permissive parent might be one who, in a certain situation, they'll come down hard. But the next time, they'll go, oh, well, you know, the situation, I'm tired, I won't follow through, um, you know, we'll just let that go. And so one sh- one moment the child thinks, oh, gosh, they got so angry, and the next minute it's all light and roses And so really a child is all over the shop and they they get quite anxious about that, whereas children tend to thrive inside of boundaries. So neither actually works because they get insecure, they get anxious with it in the permissive type style. You know, a parent thinks, oh, they're they're self-discovering, they'll learn themselves, but that's not actually the case. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Wonderful to have you with us on this Tuesday edition of 2020 and our special guests are from Focus on the Family, Brett Ryan and Brett's wife, Kate. Brett is the CEO of Focus on the Family and uh, an extra special guest today. Hey, Brett and Kate, before we go on, we've got a poll running today is asking, is parenting technique to blame for an angry generation? And uh, there are listeners who have begun to respond there. Uh, in fact, the poll at this stage, 61% say yes, uh, the parents are to blame for an angry generation. 39% saying no. Uh, so let's reflect on a comment or two here. Alexandra says, I think it's a much broader conversation than just pointing the finger at one thing. I definitely think parenting has a lot to do with it, but our society has changed a lot. Uh, So either of you uh, with a a thought or a comment on that? I totally agree. Um, Because, let's face it, if they're playing um, video games or just any type of gaming, uh, you can see children's behaviour changing from that. And so we need to be aware that society does play an influence um, on our children's behaviour. It's not just parents. I totally agree with that. And Brett, another listener, Lilo, says children are 
community raised. There's an old saying that says it takes a village to raise a child, so let's not let the village off the hook here. If community standards are somewhat different, uh, then we might expect our children to be affected by those too. Oh, very much so. And as I were alluding to a little earlier, that parents of ability and um, outsourced a lot of the care and concern for their children. So as parents, we have to be very careful who are the voices inputting into our children. And that includes what our kids are listening to, what they're watching, what they're playing. That's part of community. That's part of society. And if we uh, are permissive and allow our kids to watch and consume anything they like or hang out with people, you're allowing potentially complete strangers having input in your in your children's lives. So as Lalo was saying, you know, it is up to us as parents, but we as a society have to be um, aware, well, when I should say we should allow us to concern ourselves with, with what society is going to input into our children. Okay, taking calls on one 316 Let's hear from James in Perth. Hi, James. Welcome along. Oh, great. Uh, thanks very much. How's everyone going? Doing very well. Good, thanks, thanks, James. Good, what are thanks, your thoughts? James. Uh, yeah, so I just wanted to give some um, some advice out to some parents of something we that my wife and I try, and uh, I'm curious to hear what you think. But um, we've got a, a beautiful little girl, um, but she can be uh, quite angry. It's a, it's a huge problem uh, that's affected everyone in the family. But one thing that's helping a lot that we tried is um, we got rid of the, the iPad altogether and also the family TV. So there's no TV at home. There's no iPad. And um, we found that that was uh, great for her that she started... Um, calming down a little bit more, like started drawing, started reading, started playing a music instrument more. Um, dad and daughter started playing, you know, games, board games together more, and we we found that that helped a lot. So, um, yeah, I'm curious to know what you think of that, and, uh, yeah. Fabulous, James. So what are your thoughts, Brett? Oh, well, it's so true. Um, we actually spoke to a, a mother just recently whose son were actually not angry, but actually was depressed and he was obsessed with technology and he actually got to the point where he wanted to take his own life through suicide. And they said they had to do something drastically similar to what uh, your listener was saying that they've taken technology away and the scene slowly seen the improvement in this young man. She shared that her son, within 24 hours, dramatically improved. Now, I'm not saying technology is bad, but we shouldn't allow technology to become the, the babysitter, the, the thing, that the dummy, the pacifier for our children to be entertained. And if we continue to deflect and say, hey, mummy and daddy are having some adult time, you go and play on the games or you go and play on the technology or the tablet, you're actually sending a subliminal message that's saying, I'm not as important and a technology is more important. And kids will deflect to that or, or they'll actually return to something to the path of least resistance. So we as parents have to be aware of how much they're consumed. But as Kate was alluding to before, we need to role model this in a really positive way, how we deal with technology or how we are allowing society to dictate our thoughts and our attitudes and our words. 
Uh, James, before I let you go, uh, sometimes yeah. there might be this issue. Uh, is it the technology itself and the fact that it's dealing with our brain and interacting with us, or is it what's being watched on the technology? I wonder whether you've got any thoughts about the sorts of things that your daughter might be uh, exposed to that uh, that could cause that sort of angriness. And they might seem to be oh, innocent yeah. on the outside, but uh, but there might be some uh, deeper things here. Yes, no, we're 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 sort of all over the top of that as well. Because I mean, there's um, there was some things we noticed. It was quite a while back that she was watching on YouTube, and we thought that's that's not good at all. And we we got on top of that. And whenever she watched TV, we were always um, quite aware of what she was watching because um, yeah, there just is so much. Uh, bad stuff out there uh so uh but i think it's it's a huge thing um yeah things these days that people think might be okay for their kids to watch i don't think i don't think it really is i think that can make a huge impact as well so good thoughts um, in that too james and perhaps uh kate you might have uh, some reflection here uh, so far as the sorts of things that we're allowing our children to watch, sometimes because uh, the rating system suggests that something's okay, that doesn't necessarily mean that it applies to our own values that we might have as a parent. Uh, what are your thoughts here on on the sorts of things children are exposed to when they've got their device or when they're watching TV? Uh, look, it, it's so important to really vet what they are watching. Uh, it, it does. Some things can seem so innocent. But to be quite honest, we need to run it through the scripture of whatsoever things are pure and upright and of good report um, to assess that kind of thing. Just because it's G-rated or PG doesn't mean that attitudes, uh, even topics that are being discussed for little people now, they don't have the maturity to handle what is being covered. And there are subliminal messages in a lot of things that are being played to little ones. And and James, I'd also like to ask, what is your age of your child? Oh, she's eight. She's eight, eight. yeah. Because so, yeah. sometimes what children, uh, they don't necessarily have the vocabulary or the confidence to know how to communicate. And it, it sometimes anxiety can be presenting as anger. And so we would encourage you to navigate this and get as well informed as possible about anxiety, about other influences that could be in, uh, impacting her. And if we at Focus on the Family Australia can be of any help to you, don't hesitate to contact us because unfortunately children um, may exhibit anger or frustration because of something else that's been going on in their world. And I'd encourage you to, you know, just to be gentle, show a lot of grace and understanding, and it would be great for you and ideally, and this is not just you, James, this is for everyone, for mum and dad to be on the same page, how you approach it. It is, it is wonderful, James, that you are introducing games and her drawing and all of those things. This is so important for interact. They build relationship. James, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation today. We're talking about our children. We're talking about being a parent and whether our parenting style may actually be contributing to our children being angry or, in a broader sense, what's happening in our wider community, whether there's a generation that's become angry because parenting styles aren't so great these days. 
Uh, Brett, if I was asking you about what difference it makes when you're a Christian parent, when you are guided by some principles from the Bible that you'll learn through your local church, uh, what are your thoughts here for the value that comes from being a Christian parent? Well, we've got God to be our guide. And the Bible is like an instruction manual of how to do life, but also including how to do marriage and how to do parenting. And there's lots of great wisdom that we can get from uh, the Bible. One of the greatest verses I find, especially on imparting spiritual input into our children, is Deuteronomy chapter 6, where it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Have it in your own heart. So we have to live it out. We have to role model this in our own relationship with God. And then we have to impart it into our children. And then and it says, when you're walking down the road, when you're waking up in the morning, when you're going to sleep at night, fast forward to the 21st century, when you're driving them to soccer and to basketball and to music and to swimming lessons, there's plenty of opportunities to impart truth with love. And it doesn't necessarily mean to be, you know, I've done my Bible study, I've prayed, tick. It's a lifestyle. But there's also different things about discipline. And Kate's got a favorite verse in Hebrews that she says. So Hebrews 12, 11, for the moment all, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness in those who have been trained by it. And I think at times we find discipline just jolly hard work, uh, but it is so valuable and the fruits of that will come. Okay, taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Another James from WA in Gamaling. Hello, James. Welcome. Good morning. How are you? Very well, James. What are your thoughts? Um, well, I'll try and keep a long story short, but I can remember when I was a teenager back in the 70s, uh, the mindset of your parents, the schooling, uh, anyone in authority... We're on the one page, and uh, one of you mentioned being on the same page to the previous James, and they're all of like-mindedness. You know, if you got in trouble with the school, the parents would back the school up, or, heaven forbid, if it was the police, the parents would back. And and as I became a parent myself, I found that wasn't the case. Um, the, the, the school systems um, had very different opinions on discipline for kids or lack of discipline for kids and I had a I have a son to a previous relationship my wife has two boys to a previous relationship and then we had a daughter together now uh, we had all this conflict of um, from the other partners on opinions of parenting and of course the the kids would go back to their parents and come back with a whole new set of rules and and the, the the playing field was was so unbalanced, it was almost unfair. Wow. And, yeah, hey, James, and, and, when we talk yeah. about the idea it takes a village to raise a child, well, if the village has different values to the values that yeah. you are wanting to Absolutely. impart, then we're up against a really big challenge. Brett, what are your thoughts for James? Oh, thanks so much for calling, James. Uh, in fact, this w week at our Facebook Live on Thursday night, we're going to be talking about blended families. And then the following week, uh, next Thursday, we're going to be talking about step parenting. So I'd encourage you to tune in uh, to our Facebook Live event at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time about blended families. But you are so right with regard to 
be on the same page. There used to be a, a common denominator of values and beliefs within reason. We had more people going to church, for example, more people understood the Bible and its uh, ethos and uh, the theology. But society has changed so dramatically now, and our teachers may have a different worldview. Uh, the government, the media has a different agenda. All of these things that can actually complicate getting everyone on the same page. Okay, James, thank you so much for your call. And uh, just a minute or so out from Vision National News, let me just ask you very quickly for a response here, Brett, because your school might have a set of different values there contributing, how important then is it for parents to actually be involved in their local school so that those values can be influenced? I'm going to actually answer that, Neil, because I was a teacher for 24 years. (laughs) Look, schools do vary differently, but it is very important that teachers and parents work together. If you set up this scenario where a parent is against the school and because your child comes home and tells you something, you should never take your child's word as gospel because there are two scenarios at play. And so it's very important to just go and talk with the parent about... Oh, sorry the teacher about what is happening and what is being taught or what discipline is being implemented and work together and approach it as a team effort rather than one against the other. Brett, let me ask you about just the significance of the importance, the fact that generations here are at risk if we don't get our parenting right. Uh, You like to talk about a family of origin. What does all that mean? Well, often our way that we do life in general, we've learnt from sheer osmosis or observation how we were brought up. How did your mum and dad communicate? How did your mum and dad handle conflict? How did they manage finance? How did they deal with stress? Did they have a good work ethic? How they parented you and how they actually related to one another in a relationship? All of that is to do with family of origin. And whether you've had a good role model or a foundation or a good example, or alternatively, you may have had a bad example, all of it can shape you or your own experience. And and you take that into your relationship. You take that experience into your parenting. And unless you actually make an intentional decision, whether it's good or bad, and actually say, hey, I like this stuff. I'm going to continue doing that. Or that stuff wasn't so good. I'm not going to do that. But then you have to take in consideration when you marry, you're actually taking in your spouse's family of origin and their tribe and the way they did things. And so all of this is to say that many of the issues that people are dealing with, even later on in life, has a lot to do with their family of origin. And I am here to tell you, your past does not determine your present or your future, but you do have to allow God and others into the journey to learn how to do life in a much more effective and much more powerful way that will actually see things not being uh, repeated or replicated, especially if that you had, unfortunately, a poor family of origin, a dysfunctional family where it was known to be quite uh, dysfunctional in violence or in our words and our actions, or it wasn't a loving, caring environment. That does not have to determine your present or your future. You can get the hope that and the right sources of help 
if you are willing to do the hard yards. We are taking calls. 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Barbara, who has been waiting patiently from Adelaide in South Australia. Hi, Barbara. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Barbara, what are yeah. your thoughts? Yeah, I've, um, I've been listening and uh, I agree with um, 99% of what you've said. Um, yeah, uh, for my family, um, my husband and I, uh, when our children were, um, we had three children, seven, uh, when they were seven, five and three, uh, we really took on um, disciplining according to what we uh, could see was in God's word. Um, specifically, you know, the word says train up a child in the way they should go and when they're old they'll not depart from it. Uh, spare the rod and you spoil the child, um, those things. But at the same time, um, it, it, these things have to be um, shown to be... You need to be warm, loving and consistent in your discipline and both parents need to be in agreement. Um, Brett, yep. Brett, what are your thoughts for Barbara? Oh, very... Uh, I take it on board of what you're saying. I love that verse and, and a lot of people think that when they say from Proverbs, train up a child in the way that he should go, when he is old, he will not depart from it. You've got to remember, it is a proverb, not a promise. There's no guarantees that you could do everything right and your children can still make some decisions that may not um, align with your values or your belief systems, but it actually is still saying it's our role to train up and mold them and shape them to be what you want them to be. But getting mum and dad on the same page is so important but if you unpack that little bit more when you when you said that you need to do it with love and with um with kindness and 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 all the things with warmth i think you use the other word you use barbara is that train up a child in the way they should go it actually is saying you train up a child in the way that they are naturally hardwired how they uniquely and wonderfully made and every child's different one size does not fit all what works with one child doesn't necessarily fit with another child um, but I, I would encourage people, you know, that, that yeah. verse where it says, you know, don't, you know, um, spare the rod. Sometimes people go to the extreme levels and that's actually caused in our society where people are using it as a form of a, a fear and a weapon. And discipline is not what you do f um, to a child. Discipline is what you do for a child. And it is all through relationship. Barbara, yeah. thank you so much for your call. I, I, can I just say yep. that um, my children are now 50, 47 and 45 and um, we train them to be uh, good, responsible, thoughtful citizens and, mm. um, and whenever we disciplined, we never disciplined in anger. It was always yeah. in love and we would sit and talk to our children before we... Um, gave them a smack. It was not. Uh, it was not a belting or anything like that. But you know, just a, a, a little. <laughs> yeah, they were brought up in Papua New Guinea in their early years. So yeah, um, yeah. So I, I'm just thankful to the Lord that uh, we learned a lot from Larry Christensen. I believe it was Larry Christensen. Um, I can't remember the name of the book, but uh, about disciplining children. And um, thankfully, all three of them are. Wonderful kids, all married, all have grandchildren that they're training as well. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm just so blessed. So, yeah. Barbara, I, I think yeah. one of the things that I love that you said is we didn't discipline in anger. And that is so That's important. Right. 
uh, because true. if you discipline in anger, all the child sees is your anger. They have no idea right. why you're angry at them rather than Absolutely. the whole point of discipline is to build character in our children. And so yeah, disciplining always- when you're angry just doesn't work. Barbara from Adelaide, thank you so much for your call and our talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. Your thoughts on uh, the sorts of things we're talking about today, parenting styles, uh, raising an angry generation, 1-800-316-316. Let me just reflect on a thought or two from listeners who've been responding on our Facebook poll today. Carolyn says, as a Christian Aboriginal parent, grandparent and great-grandparent, now there's someone with some, uh, mm. some history, who has raised our children in Christian values and still do today, but their, but their public government schools and society have dictated to them anti-God values and messages. Our mm. society has changed. They have, to, they have to have the life skills and knowledge to live in a now ungodly society and community. I wonder if uh, either you, Brett, or Kate, have you got some thoughts for Carolyn as a very experienced parent, grandparent, great-grandparent? Absolutely. Society is becoming more and more godless, to be quite honest. And, uh, look, we've got three grown-up sons, and one of the things that we've said to them is you need to know the Word of God. Because if you don't, you get tossed around by every wind of doctrine. And so it is up to us as parents to instill the word of the word of God. So it is what our children can call on uh, when they're walking through anything. And so when they're grounded on the truth, they can stand even when society is trying to feed them, um, I suppose, godless information. Tracy says the government has much of the blame. They took punishment out of the school, then they took the rights to punish their children with smacking. Uh, there's sometimes people have got worries with the word punishment. Uh, just reflecting mm-hmm. on Tracy here, the government controls the rubbish of the media that has so much inappropriate values and morals. My son came home from high school and told me he's been taught his rights and I couldn't do this, and that if he ran away from home, the government will give him money. It's no wonder society has broken down. Now, there's an interesting set of circumstances there that contribute to uh, a difficulty as a parent. Uh, what are your thoughts, Brett, for, uh, for yeah. Tracy? Oh, great question, Tracy, and a great observation. And it's interesting, that, and it was great that your son actually came and told you what he learnt. Um, I hope that it doesn't get in a situation where your son actually has that as an option and says, I want to run away from home. Your house should be a haven. It should be a place of safety and feeling of love and security. And and it does have that balance between being disciplined and uh, and being fair and fun and have an environment where everyone gets along with one another. But I actually spoke to a gentleman just recently whose son had learnt some of these skills and he realised that he could actually report it to, he had to see a psychologist, and he reported that his dad was being too harsh and then he actually got reported to the Department of Human Services. And it, it unpacked that he actually realised how much power he had he realized that it had a, a, a really negative effect because he, it was a potential that he may have been taken away from his family, but he didn't realize the impact that he could have. I would agree that, as Carolyn was saying, that, you know, 
the schools have taken on the responsibilities of um, of what is right and what is wrong. It's unfortunately because so many homes were um, had no restraint, and many kids were actually being uh, abused physically, emotionally, psychologically, and um, and they didn't have a voice. And so we've actually had to the government or the schools have had to step in and become the voice to the voiceless. Uh, person, and that is in children. So there has been a sort of a, a pendulum swinging, yeah. if you like, um, but it was out of necessity. Well, I would hope that we actually create an environment where our children do feel safe. They don't feel like they're being beaten or they're being abused. They're feeling cared for and loved and um, and given um, every opportunity to be the best they possibly can be. Then we won't have these problems. But unfortunately, society has, uh, has been... Uh, distorted in such a way where the government has unfortunately had to step in. I, th- I think too um, in relation to that uh, when your son came home is hopefully um, I, I know it would have been a shock to rather than react but to respond and say well let's talk about it. Let's talk about why we do certain things in our home um, why we discipline the way we do, why we have the rules that we have and um, in a home, rules shouldn't be set just for the sake of having rules. The rules should all be there for the the sole purpose of building character for our, you know, so that our future adults uh, will be full of character. It's not just to have rules for the sake of having rules. And so talking through that as to why our home functions the way it does um, and you know, why the government has put that in place and talk about other homes and, and why the necessity of doing that. Always having the reason why and, and having an answer for that and talking through that so that they go on that journey with you. And there's a great verse in Romans where it says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but renew your mind. So it all starts with our mind and we're helping shaping our children's mind. Uh, and we actually have to say, this is what the society is doing. This is what the patterns of the world are. But this is what we're doing in our household. Mm. Our household's different. Um, would you like to have some input? We would like to have some feedback because mums and dads, we don't get it right. <laughs> we don't get it right at all the time. There are no perfect parents, just like there are no perfect kids. Uh, we are imperfect beings living in an imperfect world, serving a perfect God. And we need God's wisdom. We need his insight to help build our household and to create a household of faith. And I would encourage all the listeners to actually include your kids on the journey. Let them have a voice, empower them, because they're more likely to follow it through when they've had an a an opinion, not just saying this is because I told you to do this and had no voice, then they will potentially rebel. They may think, you know, like what uh, Tracy was saying, that the government's going to give me money if I run away. That is a short term thing. They think, oh, I'm going to get free money, but they don't see the the ripple effect the of that decision, the implication of that decision. So, Tracy, thank you so much for sharing, and I hope that your relationship with your your son will continue to blossom. That he will be able to share those things and and to allow the opportunity to unpack that in a really positive way. Should you be looking for particular signs, you might even say symptoms of anger emerging in your children, and there might be all sorts of other 
antisocial behaviours as well, uh, looking for those sorts of signs uh, and then saying, well, what can I do to help change the direction here? Uh, you know, I guess if you're concerned about a particular sign as a parent, I suppose that's already an obvious thing. You've got to get some more insight. Uh, a lot of people don't know where to go for that insight that's necessary. And I'll just uh, take a few moments to honour Focus on the Family for having absolutely wonderful resources uh, that are tried and true and tested over generations and uh, those uh, will f- you'll find uh, absolute treasures when you dig into some of those things but the idea of shelling out a few dollars to get a resource that's going to be really relevant that's going to be important here Brett. Oh, very much so. And a lot of the things that we do at Focus on the Family, fortunately, because of generous people like many of your listeners who give towards the ministry, so we can provide a lot of resources for free. How to talk to your kids about the big issues in life, how to talk to them about sex, how to talk to them about drugs and alcohol, how to talk about technology, how to deal with anxiety. I mean, you mentioned about the, you know, what signs and symptoms you're looking out for. I mean, that can be varied, you know, they can be irritable, they could be short fused, uh, they could actually become, they yell their disrupted sleep patterns, um, they just can't concentrate, they're not doing well in school, socially becoming isolated. There's so many different things. And being well-informed, as you said, is so vitally important. Let me reflect another thought from a listener who's responded on our Facebook post today. And our Facebook question, the poll that's there, is asking, is parenting technique to blame for an angry generation? Rod says... I saw a program on TV about elephants. The big male was killed and before too long, the juvenile male element, uh, elephants were running amok. Then a bull elephant took over the herd and things settled down after a month. And so the focus there for Rod is strong leadership. Let's talk about leadership from parents in a family here, and there are all sorts of different family models. Uh, We might talk about a father and a mother, but sometimes you've got a single parent family on both sides there. But let's talk leadership in the family for a few moments, because sometimes the tail wags the dog, whereas the dog ought to wag the tail. What are your thoughts here for Rod and his thoughts about the elephant? Well, I love that analogy, to be quite honest, uh, because it is true. Our children are looking for their parents to lead. They're not looking for friends. They've got friends. Um, A lot of times parents think, oh, look, I'll, I'll make a friend out of my children. I want them to like me. Now, if our children like us all the time, I think we're doing something wrong. Um, (laughs) To be quite honest, discipline and guiding our children is not always pleasant. Um, It's hard work and they don't always like it, but and it's not always convenient, let's face it, especially if we've been working or even being at home all the time. It's not convenient at all the time, but we need to be consistent. And I think having the leadership, you know, we can talk about mums and dads who live together, but there are a lot of single-parent homes and we really acknowledge them and... uh, we just it, it's a hard job and so you know we we want to really encourage the parents who are doing it as singles but we'd also like encourage them to uh, get alongside uh, if there's a father missing whether there's an uncle that can step in and be a role model or uh, a friend or somebody if you're in a church uh, somebody else in the church who could be a role model uh, or a mentor for your child it doesn't have to be we were talking about this village that's helping raise a child we can choose who starts to speak into our into our children's lives and if one parent is missing um, or just not 
there on a regular basis, then it is really important that there is some kind of an authority figure there that we can put into our child's life. It doesn't have to be a parent if a parent isn't there. And you don't have to be a bull elephant to get your, your way. <laughs> the attention. And, and stick them with your <laughs> tusks. Yes. It's, everything you do is out of relationship. Yep. And that relationship is so vitally important because, I mean, I know that my boys uh, would recognize Kate and I as parents, but out of relationship, we've built that trust, that r- rapport with them that we not only can speak into their lives, we've earned that right to speak into their lives, but we can have, we can continue to mold and shape them and we'll always be their mum and dad. We'll always have that right, that, uh, that role well, and responsibility. But it's out of relationship that's so vitally important because we can actually go the other direction where it can be very authoritative and, you know, domineering and, and sometimes kids can be under, you know, fear of trepidation. They only obey because of uh, the repercussions if they don't obey. And that is not going to be a loving, caring haven that we want to uh, aspire to because that's what God, how he treats us. He disciplines us, not because um, he doesn't like us, he, because he loves us. And we do it uh, and we want to do the same thing with children. We discipline because we love our children and we want to help shape them to become the men and women God has called them to be. And I, I think that scripture, it's it's your kindness, O Lord, that leads us to repentance. His, his discipline is kind and it's gentle. He just keeps bringing us back to the same issue until we, <laughs> until we work through it. He doesn't go, right, you've done this, so, you know, it's not the hard line. It's this is what's happening. This is what you need to work on. And I'm going to keep bringing you back here until you work on it. And the same is for our children. We do it out of love. And he does it. He disciplines us out of love and we need to discipline our children out of love. Well, we are out of time. And wow. so quickly. the time it flies has. by, doesn't it? Hey, just in closing, it is a significant time because uh, different states around Australia have got different rules right now. Churches are closing their doors again in places like Victoria and uh, extra thoughts on those possibilities for New South Wales. In, in Queensland, you've got churches that are opening up. Uh, this idea of the village raising the child, the, cho- the choice of the village uh, comes, comes to the parents and uh, parents will choose a village in a local church where people have the same values and they are mm. rubbing shoulders with other parents who have the same values as them. Their children are mixing with other children who are raised in those homes with those values. A powerful thing, but not everybody has that opportunity right now uh, because some doors are still closed and there's not much interaction in some states because of COVID-19. So far as connecting with those things that are going to enhance us as families, give us the parenting skills we need, back to some of those resources that you can get a hold of at Focus on the Family. Brett, is there a particular resource that comes to mind that you could recommend for parents who are concerned about children, uh, angry situation? Is there a particular course or book or whatever it is? Uh, What can you recommend for parents? Well, we've got a few things. We've got some free things and things you have to pay for. One of the things for those who are starting out, we've actually got on our FamilyCast website or an app 
familycast.com, you can actually get talking about early parenting. And it gets it's a five-part series. We've partnered with um, Mops Australia and uh, Mainly Music. And we talked about some basic principles to get on the same page. And if you're doing it solo, it will be still very, very good for you. We've also got a um, on the family cast thing. It's called The Family Project. And that's a very God-honoring way of doing family and seeing it from the world's point of view, but what God says about how to do family and how to do relationships well. But we've also got a lot of short articles that on our website, families.org.au. And if we can be of any service to any of your listeners, don't hesitate to contact us and we'll send you in the right direction. So it's families.org.au. That's the website for Focus on the Family Australia. Families.org.au. Brett Ryan and Kate Kate Ryan, wonderful to have the two of you as part of today's program and uh, Focus on the Family, wonderful organisation. And with you guys at the helm, a bright future ahead. I know there's been challenging times because you haven't been able to speak to big groups. Uh, This is a good time to connect with Focus on the Family. That website, families.org.au. Brett and Kate, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. You are more than welcome, anytime. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.